thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Kelts. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. All of these videotapes, and they were mini DV tapes. If y'all remember mini DV camcorders, and ours had broken, and so we had no way to watch these, and so I got on eBay and I ordered one. And it came in, so we've been watching these videos that have been lost forever. And, uh, and so it was, it was neat to see some of our grandparents that, and, and great-grandmother that had passed away. That, so anyway, it's just uh, in the last 20 years, we watched those videos, and some of them have gone on. So call those people that have lost moms uh, here recently and, and love on them. Um, I would encourage you this morning, if you could, just get on our Facebook and, and uh, check in. Um, also, if you're watching this morning, share the live stream. Um, check in right now on Facebook. Let us know that you're watching with a shout out or a high five. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be continuing a series that we started last week on how to be brave. Part of of being a part of the kingdom of God is we have the answers. We should. Uh, we should be the ones that have life. We should be producing life. People should be looking to us in the times of crisis. And so we, as a country, as a world, are in a crisis. We're in crisis mode. And so what seems to be on the forefront and what seems to be controlling people is, we talked about it last week, is anxiety, um, fear, yeah. anger. Um, all of these things are, are out there right now on the forefront. And so these are not things that is part of the kingdom of God. It's not what is a part of light. That's a part of darkness. And so we, we talked about last week of, of the opposite of of what is is fear, and, and that's that's faith. That's that's being brave. And and so, uh, if you didn't work here for that, please go and check that out. Um, go to our Facebook page and, and watch that. But uh, get your Bibles out. It turns to Philippians chapter four, and I have a word of encouragement for for you today. I want to really help you with getting from a place if you have been really struggling with fear. If you have been struggling with anxiety, if you've been struggling in a place where you haven't had peace in this time, which I think we, we could all say that there has been certain moments in this season, all of us have really struggled with that. I, I know that, that I have. There has been certain times where I haven't known what to believe, what report to believe, what, what's coming in. And, and so uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to look at Philippians chapter 4. And I want to remind you this morning that this is a letter not written to us, but this is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. This is right after Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. The, the church has taken off. 
okay? This movement of new believers, this movement where it's the new covenant, the old covenant is done with, and although people are still living that out, there is this new teaching that is taking place, and, and there is a lot of people that don't like it, and there's a lot of persecution against it, and Paul is persecuted for it, and he now, because he is persecuted for it, he is in prison, he is in chains, and he is pinning this letter to the church in Philippi, and he writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown. And if you are taking notes, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to highlight this. He says, stand firm. If I have a word for you this morning, I want, you to, I want to say to you, like Paul, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and whom I say you are my joy and my crown, I look at you this morning and I say, stand firm. I want you to stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. But here's the great thing. If you study this whole letter, he doesn't just say to stand firm. He tells us how to do it. And so we're going to look forward into uh, verse 8. We're going to jump to verse 8. And he says, finally, and we know if any preacher says finally, that means absolutely nothing. He is wrapping up. He's not wrapping up the letter to the Philippians. He's actually just wrapping up the thought when he is saying, stand firm. That is the only part of how, how to be brave. So he says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such Things. Everybody say things. things. Come on, say things. things. One more time, loud, loud, say things. things. Verse 9, he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, I want you to put into practice. So don't just hear it. I want you to put it into practice. And he says, if you think on these things, and you put these things into practice, he says this, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, it's interesting to me, in, 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 earlier in verse 7, he says that the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be in you. But now, he says, it's going to be a little bit different. We have now the God who gives peace is going to be with you, not just his resources, come on somebody, but God himself is going to be with you. Let's, let's just pray for a moment before we really dive into this. God, this morning, we just want to thank you for the power of your word, Lord, and we just want to say that we uh, are just so in awe of who you are, your love, your kindness, that you you are love and that you never fell. Just speak to our hearts this morning. Just transform our minds, Lord God. We speak this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 Today I'm entitling this message, Hold That Thought. Look at your neighbor and say, Hold That Thought. So in this letter that we just read from Paul, he gives us a list 
of virtues that are related to and associated with God. And then he says, what I just said, I want you to think about these things. The Greek phrase that he uses there, it's, it's actually when you studied out, it, it, it's a kind of a bad translation. It really means more than this. He doesn't just say to think about it. He really is saying, make this a habit of thought. I want you to make it a habit of thought. Don't just think about it every once in a while. Make this your habit of thought. And in this passage, it's kind of a catalog of, of good things about God. It's a, it's a things that we should be thinking about all the time. These things, he, he's earlier in the letter, he is talking about some of the things that can come against us, some of the things that when we, when we think about them, when they come into our minds, they make, make us anxious. And Paul says, he says, be anxious for nothing. But now he says, there are some things, though, that you need to be consumed about all the time. You need to be assessed about all the time because you cannot live the courageous life without a concentrated mind. I want you to think about that. You can't live the courageous life without a concentrated mind. I have learned that an unfocused mind will lead to you having a life robbed of your peace. You see, fear and faith have a lot more in common than what a lot of people think. We put them as opposites, but they're very similar. Because why? Because both are powered by one thing. If you're taking notes, write this down. Fear and faith are both powered by focus. What are you focusing on? Where is your focus placed? Fear is powered by your focus. Faith is powered by your focus. If your life is currently consumed with fear, I guarantee you've been focusing on the wrong thing. If, if you've been living a life that's overcoming, if you've been living a life that you have this mindset that is bright and vibrant in the middle of the situation that we're going through, I guarantee you have a correct focus. You see, Paul says, whatever things fall on this list, if you focus on these things, guys, it will cause you to stand firm. It will cause you to be brave. It will cause you to be strong in your faith. And it's not so much a checklist that we make every day, and we go check this, and check this, and check this, but it's example after example of types of things that when we run into those things, we'll be able to realize that, yes, this is of God. Yes, this brings life. I need to think about this. A lot of us get in trouble in life because our focus is constantly on things that we can't do or things that we can't have. It's just like if you remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they just had a focus problem, right? If they would have just focused on all of the things that were available to them and that they were blessed with, they would have been able to stand firm. But did they stand firm? Did their lives, were they represented by a life of great faith or great tragedy? Why? Because their focus was on the one thing that they couldn't have that made them start to see God in a way that he really wasn't. And all of a sudden, what happened? They, did they stand firm? No. 
You see, we live in a culture today of dieting. Everybody's on a diet. Everybody's trying to, to, to diet. We have chronic dieters. We have frustrated dieters. We have would-be dieters. We have, I was a dieter back in January, dieter. But now I'm not. And I, I have a friend that loves the Atkins diet. And he was telling me I love the Atkins diet because I finally found this, this way of eating where you can tell me that I can eat and eat and eat this one certain thing, and I can eat it. And he's like, Kevin, I can eat all the bacon that I want. I can just eat bacon and bacon and bacon and bacon. And you know what? I can stay without having all this fat on my body, and it's awesome. It's just like I don't have to keep all these points. And I just, and, and, and this is kind of what, what Paul is saying in this verse here to his letter to this church in Philippi. He's saying, listen, if you will just get on this diet of the God thoughts, you know what you're going to be able to do? You're going to be able to stand firm. You are going to be able to now focus on these things that you are going to be able to produce hope in your life in, an, in a situation where this church was facing, was facing a Roman government who was coming down on them. Not only facing a Roman government, but was facing a group of people, religious people, Jewish people that didn't like the new way. And was coming against them too. And he was saying, listen, I know it's tough for you. I am in prison, but I'm giving you the secret sauce. I'm telling you of how to focus on these things. Because faith is the byproduct of correct focus. Listen to me, exchange church. Stop praying for God to give you faith. Oh God, give me faith. Give me faith. Because while you're asking for God to increase your faith. He's waiting for you to improve your focus. You got all the faith that you need. It's on the inside of you. He's given you everything you need for life and godliness. It's already already in here. He's just waiting for you to improve your focus. I remember um, a couple of years ago when we first moved here, Kagan was on this kick. My son Kagan, he is very athletic. And... He, he just, he loves to play all different sports, and uh, I love that about him. But it became frustrating to me when he picked a sport that I just don't know anything about, and that was baseball. And so we moved here, and he was like, Dad, I want to play baseball. And we signed him up for a league over in Crosby, and I was like, okay, you know, I will support you. I'll do whatever. We'll buy the bat. We'll buy the glove. We'll do whatever we need to do. But I, I was wanting to, I, I signed up to coach, but I... I've never played baseball before, so I didn't even know how to coach it, you know. And so I called my cousin, who uh, he was uh, all-conference for, um, for Oklahoma State University. He was on a scholarship. He ended up playing in the pros. And I was like, listen, I know that you're, you are a pro. Like, you know about baseball. I want, can you give me some advice to tell my son of how, you know, I just want him to do good because he's so excited about it. And he's like, yeah. It's very simple. Tell him this. And I was like, okay, he's about to give me the greatest advice. And I, it's going to be all this stuff. I need to, I'm ready. I'm writing this stuff down. And he said, just tell him to keep his eye on the ball. I'm like, that's it? He goes, yeah. At his age, all he needs to do is just keep his eye on the ball. I'm like, that's all you got. <laughs> he's like, yeah. But really, 
it may sound so simple, but it's so true. And it's the very thing that Paul was saying to the church in Philippi. He was saying it's all about focus. Guys, this, this may seem very fundamental, but we got to get back to the fundamental things. It's about focus. Where is your focus at? My, my cousin was saying, keep your eye on the ball. What was, what was Paul saying? Keep your eye on Jesus. Right? Keep your focus on the Jesus things, on the God things, on the kingdom things, on whatever's noble, whatever's excellent, whatever's praiseworthy. Keep your eyes on these things. When you start to change your, your focus and take your mind off of him, when you take your mind off of his kingdom, your life starts to get to a place where everything starts to become dim, everything starts to become very anxious, you start to lose your focus, you start to sink, and the winds and the waves start to come, and you start to be like Peter, right? And the solution is just to change your focus. It's when you change your focus and put your eyes back on him. It's when you think on these things. Now hold that thought. Because I want to show you something else in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that Paul wrote that fits together with what we're talking about. Because in this other letter to the church in Corinth, he is talking about this battle. Now this battle is the same place. This battle is between our ears. It's in our minds. Everybody say it's in our minds. Come on, say it's in our minds. There is a battle. And the battle is, it's our thoughts. Okay? And he's telling them, he's telling this, this church, these people that he loves, and he's saying, there are weapons that you need to have. And he's like, he's like they're not like the world's weapons. They're not visible, but they're invisible. They're not carnal, they're, but they're, they're not fleshly. He says, but they're mighty through God. For pulling down and demolishing strongholds. Guys, I'm telling you, right now, in this situation, and in this epidemic that we've been in, we have some mental strongholds that we are dealing with right now. And, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But he says in verse 5, if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10. Verse 5, but he's talking about there's these thoughts that torment us. And, and, and guys, we all understand this. Thoughts of insecurity attack us. Thoughts of shame. Thoughts of regret. Any type of thought that you can think of that has ever tried to uh, bring torment to you. He's talking about this. And he says this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul pins and he says, We demolish arguments. We demolish them. He's talking about in this war, we demolish the arguments. So what, what, is, what are these arguments? Well, there are anything that contradict what God says. Well, how do we know what God says? Well, that's why you come here. That's why you come to church. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we do daily devotions. That's, we get what God says about us, right, and anything that brings fear into your life, I'm telling you, you're either, it's either a misunderstanding or you're taking it out of context. It's just not God, right? Because love never fails, like Pastor Jared says, okay? So what happens is, is when you have something that brings life to you and you're like, yes, 
Yes, God is love. Yes, yes. For God so loved the world. You get these thoughts, you get these ideas, and then all of a sudden something comes in, and it's an argument that says the opposite of what God says. And it starts to bring anxiety. It starts to bring frustration. It starts to bring all of these different things. That's darkness, okay? He, right here he says, we demolish those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient unto Christ. Now let me connect this back to what Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 said in his other letter, and I'll read it again. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true and noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about. He says, reckon. He says, calculate. He says, evaluate such things. And if I were to ask you today, if I were to have a personal conversation and sit down with you one-on-one and to ask you, what is holding you back right now in this crisis that we're in? What is holding you back from being all that God has called you to be? From moving forward, from being successful, from changing the things about you that you don't like and pursuing God's dream for every area of your life. If I were to sit down with you and ask you, what is holding you back right now? No doubt about it. You would begin to give me a list of things. Of things. Well, Pastor Kevin, you know, it's just... There was this thing that happened, you know, and well, it was this, this, there was this thing, it was this hardship, it was, you just don't understand, there was this thing, it was this health condition. You just don't understand, Pastor Kevin, I mean, the, the, there was this thing, the economy shut down. You would enlist all of these different things, but here is what I have learned, church, It's the truth that Paul knew pinning this, being beaten and imprisoned in, in chains. What I've learned is it's not the things that are holding us back. Because there are people in this world. There are people in this state. There are people in, in this county. There I say people in this town that are dealing with the same things that we are dealing with only they're overcoming only they're bursting forth life and peace only they are changing they're doing life changing things they're dealing with it with 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 faith they, they are, what's going on? They're not focusing on the things. They've changed their focus and they are having courage. They're dealing with the things through faith. They aren't doing, dealing with it with a victim's mentality. No, no, they're having victory. But we are dealing with it and we're the ones that are supposed to have the answers. We have, but we have fear. We're dealing it with weakness. It's, 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 here's the thing. It's not the thing that's holding us back. It's your focus. 
It's your focus. Because two people can have the same thing happen to them. One overcomes it and the other doesn't. It's not the thing that holds you back. Quit, quit making excuses for your apathy. It's not the thing. Quit making excuses. It's never the thing that holds you back. It's how you think about the things. Watch this quick video. pictures on with the knee braces, the back brace, the canes, 200 and, you know, 97 pounds, and his belly was out the ear. And I was thinking, God, how the hell's that guy?
You see, it's not the thing that's holding you back. It's how you think about the thing. This guy's 47-year-old, disabled veteran. He was a paratrooper in the Gulf War, and he had excruciating pain in his knees, in his back, and he thought that that pain is what was stopping him. You know, Kevin doesn't have that pain. That's why he can live a normal life. That thing is what's holding me back. So this is, this is, the, this is it. This is, this is the life. And that's how he lived. But all of a sudden, something happened where his mind started to change to where it was the little thoughts. It was the little, like, maybe, you know, maybe I can do this one, one stretch. Maybe I can do, and then you heard him say, well, just because I can't do it today doesn't mean I can't do it tomorrow. You know, my family in this, this whole epidemic, we've been trying to stay in shape, and so I talked to Lisa and Caitlin and Kenzie into doing P90X with me, and we've been doing it through the week, and, and, uh, and the, the guy on the video, he keeps saying, uh, do, the, do your best and forget the rest. And it's just those little thoughts, it's those little things, it's, it's overcoming, it's having that positive, positive mindset. And, and all of a sudden, we have to get those thoughts that bring life, and we have to hold those thoughts. Look at your neighbor and say, hold that thought. That's what Paul was saying. He was saying, hold that thought. Think on these things, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy. This is what you need to get a hold of, and you need to hold that thought. Paul is saying, he's saying, if you look up and you look around, there's all types of things in your life to praise God for right now. There's all kinds of things and reasons for you to remember God's faithfulness. Am I right, church? Right? There are bad things going on. Yes. But there's so many things to be grateful for. There are all kinds of things that God has put in our path that can speak to our potential. And I want you to learn that we can get a hold of these thoughts of his goodness. And we need to learn how to hold those thoughts. And we need to share those thoughts with one another. We need to share those thoughts with our family and our kids. And what starts to happen is things start to change. This guy was told that he would never walk again unassisted. That he would always be in a wheelchair with braces. And this dude is standing on his head, running down the beach. It's like, come on, man. Hold that thought. What type of thought, Paul? He says, whatever is true. Somebody say true. true. Come on, say, somebody say True. He didn't say whatever is fact. He said whatever is true because everything that is a fact is not necessarily true. Come on, somebody. The medical doctors told him this is a fact. You'll never walk unassisted again. We're sorry. We're sorry, but this is just a fact. But you saw at the end of the video that fact turned out to be not true. Listen, the fact is they killed Jesus. He was dead. That was a fact. His body was in the grave. 
But the truth is, he was resurrected back to life. Come on, somebody. And he said, if you destroy this temple, I will build it back again in three days. That's the truth. He didn't say that you will know the facts and the facts will set you free. The facts will bring you liberty. What did he say? Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth is going to bring you free freedom liberty come on that is what we're looking looking for listen you've got to connect with god somehow in some way and get these god thoughts get these god ideas that he starts speaking to you and he says i know you feel like you've been going through too much but i know that you think you'll never be happy again but i say to you your best days are ahead of you. Come on, somebody. And then what do you got to do? You've got to hold that thought. God will say to you, I know that your finances are tight. God will say, I know that the economy has been shut down and you feel like you have gone under and you're never going to get back up. But God says, I can take care of you. God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. And you got to get that thought. And what do you got to do? You got to hold that thought. And the truth will set you what? Free. You got to hold that thought. Listen. Paul is like, I am writing this from prison. I'm in a prison cell, but I'm not a prisoner to the Roman government. I'm a prisoner of hope. Come on, somebody. I've learned on how to hold on to hope. I've learned how to chain myself to hope and freedom. I've learned how to hold that thought. Now, another thing that I've learned is this. You cannot choose you cannot always choose what thoughts that you have. Have you, have, has anybody learned that to be true? Has, has anybody lived long enough to know this to be true? Does anybody ever just have crazy thoughts? Hmm. We just have crazy thoughts, right? You can't control every thought that you have. I, I, I have crazy thoughts. I have the most vivid imagination. Jared and I, we share that. We have, I think that's something that when we brainstorm, we just have these crazy imaginations. Uh, my wife and I are exact opposites. And so sometimes I think, does she even ever have bad thoughts? Does she even ever have crazy thoughts? And we were talking one day, and I was like, babe, I mean, like, come on. Do you ever just have, like, crazy thoughts? And she just was like, well, I mean, kind of. Like, and she shared a couple things with me, and they were just so mild. I was like, oh, man, no, 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 not even close. And she was like, well, like, like maybe, you know, like sometimes, like I drive this soccer mom van and I think about running over people with it. And I'm like, yes, those thoughts. Like we can't control those thoughts that come. They just come sometimes. Like have you ever just got so frustrated and so angry that you have a crazy thought that comes into your mind? Can I tell you that there are terrorist thoughts that are sent into your life to destroy your destiny? Hello? Okay. Can I tell you this? When I was growing up in church, what I was instructed to do with those thoughts, just let them go. Just let them go, Kevin. Just let them go, brother. Just come down to the altar and just let them go. Just let, let them go. 
And I would. I would come to the altar. God, I'm just letting this go. And it seemed like I was Australian or something because it just boomeranged back to me again. And I just struggled with these crazy thoughts. Thoughts that would lead to anger. Thoughts that would lead to destruction. Thoughts that would lead to anxiety and depression. And when I read what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to these people who are going through some stuff, that's not what he says to do. He doesn't say to let those thoughts go. Listen, I'll read it to you again. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, we demolish arguments and pretensions and we take captive. We take these thoughts captive. The imagery he is using here is talking about a war, as in taking prisoners of war. He says, treat these type of thoughts as if you were in a war and taking a prisoner of war. Take them captive. In other words, you've got to learn how to interrogate your imagination because you cannot always choose what thoughts you have, but you can choose to interrogate each and every one of them. So, Kenzie, I said I, I was maybe going to use you. I decided I am going to use you. So come up here right quick, Kenzie. This is my daughter. Y'all give Kenzie a, a hand as she comes up here. Now, listen, Kenzie. Kenzie, she looks. She represents a thought. Okay. And she looks. Listen, these thoughts, these terrorist thoughts, they don't, they don't come in just looking all like, ah do bad things in your life. They, they always look like they're nice, right? But you have got to, listen, I, I have never been trained professionally as an interrogator, okay? But I have watched lots of TV. I, I watched the whole series of 24. Did anybody ever watch 24? Yes, Jack Bauer. I know how to do this type of thing. So anyway, you represent a, 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 what seems to be a nice thought that you're coming my way. And so normally I would accept all types of thoughts you're coming in. But hey, what's going on, Jack? Listen here, buddy Row. Yeah, you look kind of suspicious. Where did you come from? Where did you come from? <laughs> oh, all those thoughts say that. Who sent you? <laughs> That's what they all say. Everybody give Kinsey a hand. Now that was a silly illustration. But what I'm saying this morning is you have got to get to a place where you cannot embrace every thought that comes into your mind. And the thoughts that you've been struggling with, he says, we've been talking this morning, and the, the title of this message is Hold That Thought. There are certain thoughts that have been holding on to you, and it's time for you to start to hold on to them, and not in a way that's embracing them, but it's in a way that you're holding them. Like, I put that arm around her, and I said, no longer. No, 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 no. Who sent you? Where did you come from? Listen, this morning, I got to tell you, I have 
a, a, a message to tell you guys that you have the authority to be able to tell these thoughts that they don't have any place in your life. You got the authority to overcome every one of these. Some of you have been looking for faith, asking God for faith, and you have got to activate the authority. You've just got to start believing what's already on the inside of you and start to say, you know what? Fear, you've got no place here. Anxiety, you've got no place here. You've got to start to speak to those thoughts and say, you know what? I know exactly. Listen, I almost entitled this message this morning. What in the hell are you thinking? Because that's where some of these thoughts can only come from. All of these, this, this darkness and all of this anxiety and all of these different thoughts that, listen, we have got to hold those thoughts, but we've got to hold them in a jail cell. We've got to take hold of them and we've got to take control of them and we've got to interrogate them. Listen, you've got the authority to do that. And then... The last thing that I want to say this morning is this. There's a, a very interesting passage that lines up with everything that we've talked about this morning. And it's actually in the, the Old Testament. It's in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It's a story about Joshua who was leading about 3 million Hebrew children. Moses is dead, and he's, he's now taking them into the promised land. It's a huge moment for the Jewish nation, for the Jewish people. And they are looking, these people, to Joshua for leadership. And in this moment, God speaks to Joshua, and I'll, I'll put it up on the screen for you, and, and it's recorded in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And I'll just read it. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And that's what we're looking for. That's what this whole series is about. Being courageous, being brave. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And it's like, man, when we're in these difficult times, how do you do that? Well, that's what we've been talking about this whole service today. And this lines up exactly what God tells him. He says, well, keep this book of the law. Well, what was the book of the law? That was God's word to them. He says, keep it on your lips, right? What I'm saying to you, it's the same thing that we're saying right now. It's the same thing that Paul said. He's like, the things I'm saying to you, hold these thoughts, right? And he says, hold them day and night, day and night. Make these a habit of thought. It's the same thing that Paul was saying, so that you may be careful to do everything written then, you will be prosperous and successful. And I'll point out to you again, Philippians chapter 4, verse, out, verse 8. He said the same thing. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, seen, put it into practice. And the peace, God of peace, will be with you. So he's saying the same thing. If you hold that thought, the God of peace will be with you. And in Joshua chapter 1, he's saying it again. If you hold that thought, the Lord God will be with you everywhere you go. And so what is he saying? This, I'm telling you this. God is with you everywhere you go. It's just when you start to hold these thoughts, you're aware of it. You're aware of the greatness and the light and the power that's on the inside of you. And it starts to now come out of you and into the world and change the situation. And you go from being this guy who is on braces and told you never walk again. And now in the middle of that situation and circumstance, you're running and you're empowering other people to do the same thing. 
All of us have that inside of us to do that. Well, how do you do that? Can I tell you that Joshua did it? He held that thought. He held that thought and he went into the promised land. Listen, I'm going to tell you this morning. Do you need peace? You can have it if you can hold it. Hold that thought. Do you need restoration? You can have it if you can hold it. Hold that thought. So what God was saying to Joshua, do you want to get to the promised land? You can have it if you can hold it. Hold what I've told you. Hold that thought. I'm telling you this morning, do you need peace? You need joy? You can have it if you can hold it. Hold that thought. So in ending and closing, to illustrate this, I'm going to ask Pastor Jared and his beautiful wife, Shelly, to come up here. Everybody give our pastor and his beautiful wife a big hand. I'm also going to ask Chris to come up here. Chris, can you come? Y'all give Chris, our awesome guitarist and board member, a big hand as he comes up here. Now listen, Pastor Jerry. You represent all of us. Okay. And Shelly, you represent Philippians. Okay. You represent whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent. That's what you represent. And Pastor Jared, I want you to hold that thought. I want you to just hold it. I just want you to. Right. You, you can go ahead and embrace him too. Oh, yes, yes. So everybody say, oh. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Can y'all just feel the love up here this morning? See, this is, this is it. This is what, this is, yes. Yes. This is what, this is what Paul was telling them to do. He was saying, when you find this, I want you to hold on to it. Okay? I want you to grab hold of this. Okay. But here comes 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Arguments. Pretensions. I'm sorry, Chris. I had to pick on you a little bit. We got whatever sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. <laughs> okay, okay, here, here's the question, church. Here's the question. Why? Because he represents all of us. And she represents whatever's true. The God thoughts that, that, that bring us life and activate what's inside of us and brings it out of us. Why? In the middle of an epidemic, would we ever let go of this and settle for this? <laughs> I mean, come on, Pastor. You know, you know, you know, you know what you want. You know what you want. <laughs> Does it make sense, guys? Listen, now I know Lisa Campbell wants to embrace you so much. 
But Pastor Jared doesn't want to. So don't, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or anything. But guys, this is the point. Right now, we need to grab a hold of whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent. When we get that truth, we've got to hold that thought. We've got to hold that thought. We've got to hold that thought. And then when whatever tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, we've got to interrogate it and we've got to hold it until it, no, 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 no. I know, I know you may be a fact, but you're not true. And I know you may feel right, but you're not true. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, hold that thought. Y'all give... Chris and Pastor Jerry, and I'm going to get Pastor Jerry to stay up here with me. Give Shelly a hand. Y'all give him a big, 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 big hand.